good afternoon and welcome to Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Laurent Landis. Josh is with us here in the studio too. On the phone with us is Jay Neri, president of Democrats for Trump. Oh, wait, 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 no. Jay, that wasn't your group, was it? No. No, okay, yeah. <laughs> Former Stonewall Democrats president. Um, you know, I want to start out, I asked Jay to come on the show so we could just talk about what was supposed to go on on January 6th. And so we were going to talk about the Sedition Caucus. Let me give you a definition of what sedition is, because we're going to use the word. It's conduct or speech inciting people to rebel against the authority of the government. And the Sedition Act was one of the first acts Congress passed because they had just gone through a revolution and were worried about other armed militias rising up and overthrowing this new government. So sedition, conduct or speech inciting to rebel against the government. It can be conduct, and we saw that with our president, and we saw speech, because he was inciting. Yep, we saw both. Group. Yeah. And a coup is the sudden, violent, illegal seizure of power. An attempted coup is the attempt to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're all on the same page on those definitions. Uh, Jay, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well, uh, considering the events of the week. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't even know. It, it, it's, it's, Go it, ahead. It's, 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 I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> we, we've been so, so January January sixth has become one of those days. Now you're going to be you know a few years going to be like, where were you when that happened? Mm -hmm. Like where were you when nine eleven happened? Where were you, Jay? Um, well, I was at home watching it all live on TV. You know, and I was in my office doing the same thing. Uh, it started, and I put on on my computer just CBS News. Yeah. Uh, and the other office, because there are only two of us working in my office, he had on CNN. And we were just, I didn't get anything done because I, I couldn't believe what was going on. Yeah, I was I was working, you know, working from home, but still working on, you know, on the computer and I, you know, I don't watch TV while I'm working, but I did have the CNN page pull up and I just every once in a while I would go back and check because I was following what was going down in on in Georgia. Um, mm -hmm. they were, we were still waiting for um, Ossoff to be called that race to be called. And so every few minutes I would just go and refresh. And then I went to refresh and it, you just saw in, in huge uh, all caps, the Capitol has been seized or something like that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and the, the capital of what? Like, yeah, I'm like, like what? <laughs> so th that's that, that's how I found out. Now, did you see Trump actually make his speech to the insurrectionists? Um, I I did see uh, part of it in the morning um, because I think I, I I think I had C-SPAN pulled up on my computer, and so I did see some of his comments. You know, earlier in the day when he said, you know, we're going to march down to the Capitol and I'm going to go with you or whatever. But of course, he didn't go with him. Of course not. Well, his Secret Service uh, detachment wasn't going to let him do that. And I, I mean, he, he can't just schedule himself that he's going to be in the middle of a mob. He mm -hmm. is he is president of the United States and oh, there but is, let's get is some protocol. But let's get real. Even if they were going to let him, he he didn't have the guts enough or the balls enough to do that. Well, that's my point. 
He wasn't going to go down and the, join with them. No, of course he wasn't. Of course he wasn't. When when he said that he was going to join them, it was just bluster. Yep. It wasn't going to happen. And the reason he could say that he was going to do it and then not do it is because they weren't going to let him. You know, so he could pass that off. Um, one of my favorite comments that I heard during the week was from the protesters who were outside. And when I call them protesters. Thank you. I was just about to say something, but go ahead. <laughs> there were people on the lawn of the Capitol. I call them protesters. They were there to protest. It was their right to protest. I saw some people with their kids. They were not there to storm the Capitol. They were there to protest. Sure. And, sure. And, and there is a difference. So if, if there were about 2,000 people, which was the estimate that I saw, um, if there was 2,000 people, I'm not saying the 2,000 people should be arrested because you shouldn't be arrested for protesting. You're, Everybody right. has the right to protest. Um, you don't have the right to storm the Capitol, to do destruction to the Capitol, to steal Nancy Pelosi's laptop. To, to destroy, uh, like you said, um, government um, property and to kill. And now we've lost two officers. They're saying the second one, they don't know that it's related, though, okay. to that. Uh, but a second Capitol officer did die uh, overnight. Um, the New York Times quoted somebody who was outside saying, our president wants us here. So, so that was the motive. There is no question. The motive for the coup attempt was the president. It's interesting somebody attempting a coup against the government when he is the head of the government. Right. Well, I, th I think, you know, just in the last 48 hours, you know, we found out quite a bit more and that this may have been an, a real organized coup attempt, you know, that had been planned for quite some time because there were a lot of questions that I think need to be answered. Um, the first one being, why wasn't the, why weren't the Capitol Police um, more prepared for this this type of possibility. Um, you know, certainly we had um, you know been been given clues over the last few weeks that you know something might go down to try to you know prohibit Congress from certifying the electoral college votes. Um, so, so my first you know, if I were part of the investigation, that would that would be my number one focus is. Why weren't the Capitol Police more prepared for this possibility? And then two, um, I was told that even though uh, they requested uh, National Guard support, uh, the Department of Defense uh, didn't authorize it or wouldn't authorize it and held the National Guard troops back for a period of two or, two or three hours before they finally relented and sent in additional National Guard support, but that was only after um, they had requested state National Guard assistance and reinforcements from both Maryland and Virginia. Mm. So, you know. I've heard some uh, of that, I, too. I, I, I don't know. You, know. you don't know if it, you can't confirm it, if it's true or not, but I, want, I, I wonder why, why they wouldn't, why, why they held them back. Well, the Department of Defense is run by a defense secretary who's part of Trump's cabinet. He's not one of the secretaries who resigned. 
Mexico. In fact, I think he was he's a relatively new. Right. Uh, secretary the Secretary of Defense, Defense resigned, so it's an acting Secretary of Defense. Right. And it's somebody that Trump personally picked and probably instructed or ordered them not to do anything. So one of the big speculations is that. I'm, yeah, I'm speculating. Um, but this is what I'm saying is this, you know, that needs to certainly be investigated. Right. Well, now what I was going to say is I, one of the big speculations is that someone or some people in higher up has was, was in on this job. Mm-hmm. Not not just not just the um, uh, the mobsters, not just the um, you know the uh, people who who broke into the uh, Capitol, but people who were ag- actual official office holders it has okay. something to do with this. Okay, now my favorite claim of uh, saying, "Oh, it wasn't us, it wasn't us," mm-hmm. was that they were blaming the fascist Antifa. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Antifa, what does that mean? Anti-fascist. So what is a fascist? Anti-fascist. Uh, and also the Black Lives Matter people. Yeah, and, and they're blaming the Democrats, too. Well, and, you know, what this reminds me of is, you know, it's very reminiscent of the tactics that, that the Nazis used in Germany, you know, by setting fire to the Reichstag and then, you know, blaming the left wing, the socialists and the communists for setting the fire. Mm-hmm. And it was, they, they did it themselves. I mean, it, the parallels are, are really quite frightening. One of the complaints, and we're jumping around here, uh, but one of the complaints about uh, something that Biden said came from Ted Cruz because Biden compared Cruz to Joseph Goebbels, who was the propaganda minister in the Nazi regime. If the shoe fits. Well, and I, I did watch that uh, Biden speech on that live. And, you know, you just, you know, if if you repeat a lie often enough, you know, people start to believe it. And that's what we've been witnessing, these, you know, certainly since the election. Laurent and I were uh, just throwing out several ideas, and that brings up one of the ones that we were talking about, Laurent. Um, after the election, one of Trump's angry diatribes had to do with uh, the election being fixed. Well, lots of them had to do with that. But he said, it, and it was, it was fixed and fixed from the highest levels. Now, the highest level... As far as I understand, the way the United at least States in the executive branch, the highest level would be Trump. <laughs> so that means that he fixes it. Do we think that one of the reasons, and this is this is just speculation, it is conspiracy theory. I'm not saying it to to gin up new conspiracy theories. Do we think the reason that Trump thinks that he won was because? Not that it happened, because all indications are that the voting was secure, but that he ordered the voting to be rigged in his favor, and it wasn't rigged far enough in his favor, which is why he only lost by 7 million votes or 8 million votes, and didn't lose by the 20 million votes that he should have lost by. Well, I mean, that... I. I see what you're saying, but, you know, I think that that's somewhat speculative, too. Um, I think that that probably should be, uh, you know, further investigated for the possibility 
Um, you know, we've seen, you know, that he made numerous calls down into Georgia trying to get um, Governor Kemp and uh, the Secretary of State there to, you know, basically overturn or find, you know, the votes that he needed. Or throw so, out, I, or just throw out a, a million yeah, votes. Yeah, yeah I, just, I just need 11,800 votes. Yeah. So I certainly don't put it past him for attempting to do so. Um, but, you know, I mean, the way our, our national elections are conducted, it's, you know, we don't have a federal national election system. What we have are 50 individual state elections and mm -hmm. state officials that conduct those elections. So when he, you know, goes on to accuse that, you know, rigging was done at the highest levels, that would be at the state level and would have to involve uh, the Secretary of State. So, um, who, who is so, Republican? Well, in, in Georgia. In Georgia. Yeah. And in, yeah. And in a few of the other states. And in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. so here's the stunt that the Arizona, not Arizona, but the Maricopa County in Arizona Republican Party did today. They censured Cindy McCain. Why? <laughs> because she supported Biden. Oh, my word. Now, about five years ago, they censured John McCain, too, yeah. while well, he was John, there. John, yeah. John McCain was an elected official. Cindy McCain isn't. Right. So what's the point? You know. uh, to send the message, I guess, that if you are going to be a public figure and represent yourself as being Republican, you can't support a Democratic official. Yeah. You know, I, I remember Joe Lieberman when he went to the Republican convention. People were annoyed about it in the Democratic Party. But he wasn't thrown out of the party. He mm -hmm. wasn't censured for it. it. It was, Joe, we think you made a wrong decision. We disagree with your decision. So um, so a, a number of people have stepped down from, you know, uh, the White House in this last minute, last week of the, his administration. And there are calls for um, some of the senators, particularly Ted Cruz, to step down. What do you think about that? And is there anything that we as Texans can do legally, you know, have him recalled or something like that? I don't know. To get him out. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do think that, you know, Ted Cruz and Holly and, a, you know, a few of the others of the Sedition Caucus, you know, really push this forward. And they need to be held accountable by, mm -hmm. by their, uh, as far as taking action goes, I'm not sure exactly, and um, I'm somewhat embarrassed to say this, I don't know what the exact recall procedure would be here in Texas, um, but you know, that's certainly something that would be worth looking into. Um, you know, uh, I don't, you know, but of course, you know, in my mind, Ted Cruz certainly has higher political ambitions, and he he was. I think I think a lot of these Republicans, including Trump himself, know that he lost the election fair and square. But what Ted Cruz and some of these other people are doing, attempting to do, is win over some of the, the Trump followers for when Ted Cruz runs for president again, which I fully expect him to. So it's up to us here in Texas to to stop that. 
Yeah. No, I know we have recall on local elections, local officials. Do we have recall for federal officials? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that, too. I would have to talk to you know a couple of people in the state legislature and, and find out about that. And the other thing is, um, as far as federally, what do we expect to happen? Uh, several people on morning talk shows today were talking about what to do with Ted Cruz, and they said they thought he should be censured. Mm-hmm. That's not impeached. That's not removing no. him from office. That's not, you know. Well, there, I mean, there's some were even saying, and we can talk about this more after the break, that the president should be censured because it's, it, it's too little too late to try and impeach him for a second time. And the use of the 25th Amendment is more than likely not going to be used. It appears that way at the moment. However, I did hear uh, Jim Clyburn um, from South Carolina uh, come out with a statement today that the House may wait until after the first 100 days of Biden's administration to proceed with impeachment charges and you know, maybe try to do so at that time to pro- prohibit him from running for office again in the future. So that that was a very interesting idea, I thought. Right, and that's what I had heard uh, is the main reason for impeachment, because he can't be impeached and removed before uh, the inauguration. Right. But uh, impeachment would prevent him from holding a public office again. We need to take a break. We're talking to Jay Nary. He's a former Stonewall Democrats president. Uh, This is Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Leron Landis. And we'll be back with more Lambda Weekly right after this. And this is Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Leron Landis. We're talking to Jay Nary. Uh, Just before the break, we were talking about some of the options that have been thrown out to respond to Trump's um, involvement with this attempted coup. And some of the things that have been thrown out is, of course, impeachment, the use of the 25th Amendment, and to censor him. Um, the one that has the most, I guess, possibility is, is it's, um, to impeach him. And this would be the second time he's been impeached. But the chances of him actually being removed from office by within the next, what, 10 or 11 days now? is highly unlikely. Um, and before the break, Jay, you were saying that if he is impeached, that will keep him from running from office again. Is that true? Because I, won't he still need to be removed from office? Because he's already been impeached once. Well, correct. But impeachment is basically another word for indictment at the at the presidential level. So if you're impeached, basically what you've been is indicted by the House of Representatives. But in order to be removed from office or convicted of the charges that the House presents, the Senate has to convict you, find you guilty, and that requires a two thirds vote. Correct. So that's so, what would need to be happen if to keep him from running from office again, actually removed from office, right? Correct. And and, and that, yeah, that's my understanding as far as the timing of which, you know, I don't know whether, you know, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, is planning to proceed this week. I've been told that articles of impeachment will be introduced uh, tomorrow morning on Monday. But again, they may hold, it sounds like discussions are ongoing. They may hold off uh, on doing that until after Biden's first 100 days in office. 
So I'm looking at a couple of things here. Yeah, I, th- I think the general consensus from everyone and probably even most of the Republicans right now is that they want him gone. Um, whether they want him impeached whether, or not. Whether they want him impeached or not, they want him gone. But how to do it, that's that's the uh, th- that's the mix up. And here is something uh, I'm going to read off. Some people are saying, well, why? He only has 11 or 10 more days left in office. Here's one of some of the other things. If he is impeached and removed from office... He, one, loses a $200,000 pension for life. He loses his $1 million travel allowance, even after he's out of the office. I didn't know that. Is that a million a year? million a year, yes. Um, He loses lifetime um, full Secret Service detail. And as we already mentioned, he will lose his ability to run for office again. Those are big things. They they are. They're they're substantial things. One of the reasons, you know, the Senate right now is going in, it's what's called a pro forma session, which they're in session, but they're not really in session. And in my mind, the reason Mitch McConnell, you know, if he wanted to, he could call the Senate back into actual session at any time, but he doesn't want to do so before the inauguration because it would require a vote. And he doesn't want his Republican caucus to have to vote yay or nay on the impeachment. So he's trying to protect, uh, you know, his Republican members in the Senate as well. I I personally think that we would probably get uh, numerous senators to vote for conviction, um, Republican senators to vote. But whether we would get two-thirds or not, I don't know. But it would fracture the Republican caucus, and that's what Mitch McConnell wants to avoid at all costs, especially now that he's in the minority. Okay, so Mitch McConnell is still House Majority Leader because the election in Georgia of Warnock and Ossoff has not been certified, and they have not been sworn into office yet. Do we know when that's going to happen? I believe uh, they have to be uh, certified and seated by January 22nd. Um, don't hold me to that because I'm, I'm not 100% certain, but I believe that's what I read somewhere. What, so it, what is it know, about January 22nd? Do you know? Um, well, uh, no, I don't, I don't know. The, you know, It may, may have something to do with the Georgia legislature oh, okay. statute and, you know, as far as what period of time the Secretary of State has to certify the actual result. But even if they were both of the new Georgia uh, Democratic senators were to be seated before then, uh, we, uh, McConnell would still be majority leader until 12 noon on January 20th when uh, Biden and Kamala Harris are sworn in because Kamala Harris will be the tiebreaker. Right, so until Ossoff and Warnock uh, are sworn in, McConnell remains majority leader, so he might remain majority leader for a couple of days after the inauguration. But that, that's my understanding, okay. but no, certainly no later than January 22nd. Okay. Um, one of the people who is complicit is Rudy Giuliani. What should be done with him? Disbarred. You know, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think he should be disbarred. I mean, any, any attorney... Uh, you know, that, that engages in these kinds of activities and promotes untruths and, and you know, flagrantly lies to the court. You know, any an attorney is considered an officer of the court. 
And so for him to, you know, promulgate these wild conspiracy theories and, and these, you know, poorly written lawsuits, I, I don't know the exact number of all the lawsuits that the administration's filed, but it's, you know, something like 60 or 70, all of which, you know, the judges have basically just dismissed and wouldn't even entertain because they're just so outlandish. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about in the midst of all this is Biden putting together his cabinet. Um, before we get into Biden's cabinet, what about Trump's cabinet and the two members who quit, Elaine Chao and um, um, what's her name from education? Betsy DeVos. Betsy DeVos, right. Um, she apparently has just decimated and destroyed the education department. What do you think it is that made them resign? Do you think it's actually this is the line he crossed? Uh, I think I think it's probably a combination of things, um, particularly, you know, I think Elaine Chow's decision probably had to do with discussions with her husband. You know, as you know, she's married to Mitch McConnell. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was probably a joint decision on their behalf. Um, with regard to uh, Betsy DeVos, you know, I'm not sure really what motivated her, but uh, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if we see a, a few more uh, Trump cabinet secretaries resign before the inauguration. Because, you know, they all see the writing on the wall. And they all know that they're going to be, you know, out of office in 10 days' time anyway. So, you know, I, I really can't speak to their motivation for resigning at this time. One other thing that's been floated is that they resigned so that they wouldn't have to vote on a 25th Amendment resolution. Um, do you want to explain what that would be? Because that was the alternative to impeachment. Mm -hmm. Looks like that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. At this time, I would agree with that assessment. Um, in order to invoke and, and enforce the 25th Amendment, my understanding is that it requires half of the sitting cabinet um, it has to be initiated by the vice president, and then half of the sitting cabinet members have to support uh, invoking the 25th Amendment. So that, that could have certainly played into their decision as to why they wanted to resign. They may have feared that, you know, in fact, you know, if Mike Pence had requested or asked them to invoke the 25th Amendment, they didn't want to, you know, be forced to actually take a vote on it. I did hear a really good long explanation from uh, some professor on TV, um, constitutional professor, and he explained, you know, what the 25th Amendment means. And, you know, he made a good argument why it's really not appropriate to use the 25th Amendment, because it doesn't remove him from office. It just relieves him of his duties. Correct. And, you know, I think the 25th Amendment was, you know, primarily put in place for, you know, for somebody who, for example had a uh, debilitating stroke or a heart attack Correct. or, you know, had, had blatant Alzheimer's, that type right. of thing. Right. Um, Something so like what happened to President Wilson. Right. Uh, Somebody who's physically not able to perform the duties. Right. Uh, and it's been invoked before George Bush. Um, I think he was going, going in for a colonoscopy and he mm -hmm. turned reins of power, uh, you know, duties right. of president over to... Um, 
Cheney. Um, J- Dick Cheney, yeah. Uh, for the day. Right. So, it, so it's been used, but used in a procedural uh, s- a sort of way. Right. Um, just to answer your question about, uh, you, you all were discussing about when were, uh, the new Georgia senators were going to be sworn in. And according to this, I'm looking online, the all counties from Georgia have until January 15th to certify their votes. Um, but they absolutely must do it by January 22nd. Okay, so that is the date. So on January 22nd, all the counties will have certified. Mm -hmm. It might take another day or two. Right. But they can't do it even before then, though. They just have until the 22nd. And I'm just saying if there's a straggling county uh, out there, then on the 23rd, we should expect the state to certify the Mm -hmm. vote and and they can be sworn in. Right. Um, And it's interesting because that's independent. Going back to the 25th Amendment. Okay, so Elaine Chow, I can see her deciding to resign from the cabinet because she doesn't want to make a vote one way or the other because she was afraid that it would reflect on Mitch McConnell, her husband. Yeah. DeVos, um, I I don't get. She's done such a good job of being (laughs) so terrible at everything. (laughs) Yeah. 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 so, so what do you all, I mean, personally, David, Jay, even you, Josh, what do you all think about pushing for? Because it looks like they're going to um, at least start the um, articles of impeachment tomorrow. OK, Josh, the, even though even though we know that he will not be removed from office, they're not going to do it. Do you still think that Nancy Pelosi should move forward with impeachment? OK, Josh, because you had uh, one particular point of view on it. I think they need to move on <laughs> and, and not, because, and not impeach. because I think if they don't, I think it'll just anger his base. It'll just make it look like Democrats are once again trying to impeach him. It's not going to do anything to change any the 70 million or so who voted for him. Just move on <laughs> and make it harder for Biden to. Right. I think what Biden needs to do is, um, and we discussed this before the show, but speak to that base and and try to reach out to them and try to, you know, hear them and listen to them and speak to their fears, speak to those things, but just move on. I don't think anything good will come from continuing this. Other than he can't run again. Yeah. Right. And you, David? Um, I, I think the idea of taking things away from him is a good idea. Um, although taking away Secret Service protection, I mean, I, I'm not for anything happening to him. And I'd worry about that. The million dollars a year in travel. I mean, he has properties all over the world yeah. that are going to probably have to be sold over the next year to pay some of his legal bills and pay yep. back loans that are going to be called by Deutsche Bank. Um, and, but, and, and, hmm. and you, Jay? Um, well, I, I certainly you know, understand Josh's opinion um, on this, and, and I, I would even go so far as to say he's probably right. I, I think that it might do better for Congress to you know, follow through with impeachment and try to get a conviction on the incitement of surrection charges 
down the road to prohibit him from serving again. Um, but what I think does need to happen, regardless of whether impeachment is, you know, um, uh, done now or later, um, I do think that the federal government, and I think this will happen, uh, you know, follows through uh, on prosecution uh, of those, you know, involved in the, in the storming of the Capitol. Um, and also, I think that Congress probably needs to uh, look at strengthening the laws and penalties for uh, engaging in this type of behavior in the future to, to serve, well, to quell anything that might, you know, come along down the road. I agree. And I do think they should follow through with impeachment. I mean, you make a wonderful point, Josh, but I'm just of the opinion, you know, you can't let something like this go unchecked. It, if, 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 if anything, it just needs to be on its record again. This can't go unchecked. For one of my problems or complaints with Democrats is for years has been that they're too passive. And this time they're not. They're not, they're not laying down and they shouldn't lay down. Um, and just take this. At least that's the optics for me is that they've been too passive. It's like, you know, just let it slide. We'll move on. No, this can't happen. This is un-American. What just happened was as egregious, you know, attack on our dem- democracy and it can't go unchecked. Okay. One of the arguments that I heard was this violates free speech, the First Amendment. And it, here's yeah. where I'm agreeing it. Well, because, uh, Trump had the right to say what he said at that rally, even though it falls under the classic definition of sedition, which is to conduct, uh, conduct or speech inciting people to rebel against the authority of the government. That's sedition. That's uh, one level below treason. Um, I've always said on the air that along with the freedom of speech, comes responsibility because with our rights you don't have rights without responsibilities so you don't just have the right to say what you want to say and i know Laurent is seething here uh he's holding back this whole show (laughs) (laughs) and i would imagine you are too jay well you know it's yeah i mean you're you're exactly right david um, with, with rights come responsibility. Just like, you know, none of us have the right to yell fire in a crowded theater. Right. Um, it, there, there has to be a limit on stuff. And I know, um, you know, some of the, the people in the Republican Party and on the far right are, you know, criticizing these social media companies for uh, banning him and stuff. But, you know, they're private companies. Mm-hmm. Um, the First Amendment guarantees that Congress will not inhibit the right of free speech. Uh, but, but, but a private company can do whatever they want. Right. It's their website. Exactly. When it comes right down to it, Facebook could decide to ban me because they don't like my pro-LGBT stances. They could. They're not going to. That doesn't incite people. But they could. It's a private company with well, a private website. Well, these companies don't necessarily follow the law as far as uh, freedom of speech, but they do set their own policies. Mm-hmm. If you violate those policies, you got to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, you know, and Trump's Twitter account was shut down, but uh, Parler has been removed from from Apple, Apple, and, and Amazon. Yeah, and one other, I forgot which one. And Google. And Google. And Google. And Google. And Google. That's right. 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 Uh, and that's where Trump was going to go. 
uh, they don't have the the bandwidth to uh, right to accommodate anything like a Twitter. Um, I want to talk. We, we need to take one more break. I want to talk a little bit about Biden's incoming cabinet, and there's one that I think is going to be real ironic. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON FM. And this is Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here with Laurent Landis. Jay Neri is our guest. He is a former president of Stonewall Democrats. Um, we, Jay, uh, just so that you know, we uh, stop our shows right now during the pandemic. We're stopping at about 10 minutes to the hour so that we can wipe down the counters, change the windscreens, make everything safe for the incoming show. Um, sure. We're doing our part to keep everybody safe. And so far, knock on, knock on counter. We've been doing a good job with yes. it, and this station has been safe. Um, before we go on to Biden's cabinet, I do want to mention my proposed punishment for Rudy Giuliani. I think he should be banned from buying dye, hair dye. <laughs> I think I, Josh just I, said that's cruel. I, I think that, that, that couldn't have been hair dye. I think that was just a crayon or something. Why would he have a crayon in his hair? <laughs> that he used to color his hair for the day. No dye is that bad, where after you wash it out, it starts leaking. He didn't wash it out, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so I think there's one very ironic uh, cabinet position appointment. That's Merrick Garland, because he might end up... Merrick Garland, of course, was appointed by Obama to the Supreme Court... Uh, Mitch McConnell refused to bring that appointment to a vote, even though it was 10 months out saying we just don't do that in the, in the last months of a president's term until they do. Um, but Merrick Garland might end up bringing charges against Trump. Yeah, uh, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a strong possibility. Um, you know, I, th I think the... Uh, the incoming cabinet, I mean, it's, it's going to be day and night in terms of competency levels uh, versus the Trump administration. But the one thing that I think that, you know, Biden and I'm sure Eric Garland is aware of as well is the importance of, you know, it, it appearing that, and, and Biden has already asserted this, that the Department of Justice is independent, kind of like the Federal Reserve. You know, Correct. It's, the president should not be influencing the Department of Justice and vice versa. So that, that's correct. And I don't think Merrick Garland is a uh, nasty person that would prosecute Trump just for revenge no. against what his supporters in Congress did uh, to him and to derail his Supreme Court nomination. I, I'm just saying, if there are charges to be brought, it would be his Justice Department uh, on federal charges. Uh, and uh, ju I'm just noting the irony there. Um, it, when you say day and night, the one that I like to compare, he hasn't named an energy secretary yet, has he? Not that I know which, of. Which one? Uh, energy. Biden has not named an, an yes. energy secretary. Yes, yes he, he has. He's nominated Jennifer Granholm, the oh. former governor of Michigan. Of Michigan, yeah. Um, it, because that was the comparison that I liked from the Obama administration. Obama's energy secretary won a Nobel Prize in physics. 
Trump's energy secretary was Rick Perry. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it just, just shows the difference in the level. Um, what do you think having Pete Buttigieg uh, in the transportation department means to the country and to the LGBT community? Well, you know, I, th I think certainly it's a historic nomination to have the first openly gay cabinet secretary. Um, Pete Buttigieg is off, you know, obviously an extremely smart person. Um, but, uh, you know, I think he's going to learn quickly. I mean, he, he already has some experience on the municipal level. But, you know, I think uh, Biden really is going to want to focus on uh, when he says build back, you know, build back better, uh, a lot of that has to do with the crumbling infrastructure in the United States that's been ignored for decades, you know, both in terms of roads, uh, airlines, uh, bridges, you know, just that type of thing mm -hmm. that uh, need, to be, need to be addressed. So I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic with his leadership as uh, Secretary of Transportation. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I'm just going to, I don't know how much time we have. I just want to talk about what it, what should be done about the preparation for Inauguration Day. Mm. We've seen the epic failure of preparing for what just happened. What need, do you think they're just going to disappear and not come back on Inauguration Day? The domestic terrorists. Well, I mean, I think that there will be some protesters there. I, I know for certain uh, that, that the Capitol in Washington, D.C., they're going to really beef up the security. Um, they're, they're, they'll put up, you know, perimeter fences. You've already seen a little bit of that already start. Um, and I know that Biden plans, you know, a much more scaled-down version of a typical inauguration. So you won't see the hundreds of thousands of people out there, I don't think. Right. So, the, the, that was the only plan that it wouldn't be like that um, correct. a yeah, while back due now, to COVID. Yeah, I think, I think that you, know, you will see a large National Guard presence on, you know, participating and, and at the standby there. And, and I think yeah. that was planned. As far as this protest... Bringing out the National Guard, it was a matter of hours, although there had been talk about it for days. It should have been on the radar screen. Um, but for, I think for the inauguration, it was planned which National Guard troops are coming from which states. And I don't, maybe they'll increase the number now even more. But that's, always, that's always a well guarded event because all of Congress oh, is there. And not only that, but, you know, the Secret Service is heavily involved in that event. Correct. Right. And this was Capitol Police who right. were involved right. in this event. Right. It, this has nothing to do with Capitol Police other than protecting the building. Um, do you think it will come off with that incident, though? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, my guess is probably as good as anybody's at this point. I do think we'll see um, some level of protest, some presence. Um, but I also think that uh, with with Washington, D.C. in particular, um, you know, that it's a heavily, heavily Democratic city. And so, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't put it past some of these whack wackos to try something, but um, I I'm confident that they'll be unsuccessful in anything they 
here's one thing that might happen. Um, about 100 people have been arrested so far, and I can't understand why more of them weren't arrested on site in Thank the Capitol. Thank you. Thank you, David. <laughs> uh, because by then the National Guard was there. Right. And uh, people should have just been arrested. Right. Uh, at that time. But 100 people have been arrested. Uh, it, just because you said bail doesn't mean that that bail has to be granted right now. It mm -hmm. could be granted for 10 days after uh, after the event, uh, so after the right. inauguration. Um, I think a lot of them you know, left the Capitol building you know, and escaped or went back home you know, because the, the ones that seem to have been arrested and given federal charges are the ones that you know, are posting their own pictures all over social media and, and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I know one, one of them is from Arkansas, another one's from Florida. Um, so, you know, some of these people are already back in their, in their home states. Mm -hmm. And one is from right here in Frisco, Texas. Oh, that's right. Yeah, a fellow realtor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, you'll have to introduce yeah. us. We'll have him on the show. <laughs> It's called presenting both sides. Jay, I want to thank you for coming on. With thank us you, today. Jay. Absolutely. Good talking to you. Guys. Yeah, good talking to you. And I'm sure next week's show is going to be political as well because political things will be happening over the next couple of weeks. Yep. For all of us here at Lambda Weekly, uh, we are ending the show a few minutes early so that we can wipe down the counters and keep things safe for the next show. Uh, I think at KNN we've been doing a good job of that and um, uh, keep we want to keep everybody safe. I had my second vaccine, second dose of my vaccine. So. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah. well, let's talk about that more next week. We will talk about it. For all of us here at Lambda Weekly, Last time I can, no, I guess I can say this next week too. Be best. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye.